0: Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast dedicated to counterthoughts about mainstream media, politics, and culture, and the impact on our nation. You can engage with us on Instagram at counter underscore thought, on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast, on Twitter at counter underscore podcast, and on our website, www.counterthought.captivate.fm. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Counterthought 2022 New Year Resolutions for America. Now, the last episode was regarding mental health in teenagers. So, yes, this is a short break. I think there's going to be maybe this episode and potentially a second one as a break, a little short break between the mini series on mental health. But don't worry, we'll get back into that, that mini series. There's going to be three total series for mental health. First one was mental health in teenagers. That's episode twenty nine. If you have not listened to that, please go back and listen to it. My friend Hope Eason was on that episode, providing her insights and detailing what she's up to regard with um, involving her church and the teenagers that she is serving there, and what she is doing moving forward regarding mental health. Uh, the next episode in that mini series will be mental health in adults, which is just as important, all mental health is important, probably at the same level as the mental health in our teenagers because teenagers have guardians, right? They have parents. They have people who are in charge of them until they are their own adults. And if the mental health of an adult is not where it needs to be, then how much will that impact the mental health of a child? And then the third episode of that mini-series is going to be about what to do going forward. And another friend of mine is going to join me on that episode, so it'll be three total episodes for mental health and I hope you will watch each of them. The first one again is episode twenty nine and that one came out last Thursday, so please go back and watch that or listen to that episode. Speaking of watch, slip of the tongue there as we head into twenty twenty two one of the one of the new year's resolutions that I have is to Move Counterthought not only from just an audio podcast, but move it into video. So that is one of my New Year's resolutions to happen in Q1, hopefully within January of 2022, add to Counterthought to be video podcast as well as audio. So you may have noticed that I have not introduced Jessica Dalton or Jess in this episode. There is a reason for that. Last Thursday after the release of episode 29, Jess informed me that she can no longer be part of the podcast. The only reason I was given was it was personal reasons and personal to the point to where she can't even tell me why. So I was shocked, um, came out of left field, came out of the parking lot. I thought we were on the same page, that we were good to go. We were, you know, going to be the next greatest thing as far as co-hosted podcasts go. But something changed and Jess is no longer part of Counterthought but don't let that discourage you too much please follow Jess she is a she is a great woman she is very fun to follow and see and everything that she is doing for fighting for the freedom of America so please follow her account but as officially being a co-host on Counterthought that is that is no more so that brings me back to leading this podcast as I originally started just me myself. But there are things that I am going to take from the brief stint with Jess and apply moving forward to not only improve myself, but ultimately improve this podcast. So I mentioned in episode, I want to say it was episode 28, and I titled it Fortune Favors the Bold. Like that was going to be my new mantra to live by. And in that episode, I talked about how asking Jess was one of the Bold steps that I have taken in the last seven months, almost eight months of the existence of this podcast. And I counted it as a win, and I still do. Because even though Jess did not work out, I was still bold in asking. And being bold doesn't always mean that, like the yes that you get that I got in that case, that it's going to be a success. But I was bold, I asked, got a yes, it happened got two episodes out of it and a lifelong of lessons that I'm going to learn and be able to apply moving forward. So being bold and asking, that is just one part of the whole process, right? And and creating those opportunities for you to be successful. So just because you get a yes, when you are being bold, as far as asking someone for, you know, let's say in this case, to be a co-host or to be a guest on a podcast, you get the yes, it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be a success. And also I've learned that and I mentioned in that same episode, one of the reasons I asked for a co-host was because I felt like I do a, I do a better job instead of a monologue speaking as a dialogue. Now, I'm going to continue to improve myself since I'm going to be in a monologue format for a little bit longer, or maybe for forever. We'll see. But I can still achieve this dialogue. I can still achieve the dialogue and that sound of it by having more guests on this podcast. And that is... A 2022 New Year resolution of mine for this podcast, as well as to have more guests. I didn't do that enough in 2021. Um, that's my fault. But I'm going to make sure and make that a goal to have more and more guests on the podcast. And I'm going to also just work, continue to improve my sound. Um, you can probably tell I sound a little bit different in this episode. Uh, also, with um, more so like I am having a dialogue. So I'm trying to be. Cognizant of how I sound whenever I'm just talking by myself as a monologue. I do not want to sound plain and boring and monotone. I want to be upbeat, right? Have fluctuations in my voice and actually hear the passion and the things that I'm talking about, hear that come out in my voice. And last but not least, my takeaways from the partnership is that it continues to be just as it was when Jess was a co host. It continues to be my responsibility to grow the podcast. It's still going to be my responsibility whether I have a co-host or not to grow this podcast because even with a co-host the podcast is still my baby, right? Like I I still maintained everything. I was the one managing the accounts, managing the platform and all the technology and every other thing that we had involved in the structure of the podcast. That was that was still mine, right? The the name, the logo, everything, mine. So it is my responsibility moving forward as it was before, to continue to grow this podcast. All right, so let's transition. Have you noticed that in 2021, a lot of things changed from 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016? Goes on and on and on. But before I dive into the resolutions of 2022 that I have for America, I want to quickly set the table to get us all in the same headspace. Because I want us, when we talk about 2022, to all be ready for that discussion. So we're going to take a little bit closer look at 2021. So what did we experience politically and culturally in 2021? I think we experienced a pretty hard and fast move to the progressive left in 2021. Uh, The left, the progressive left wing of the Democrat Party, and the progressive culture. So outside of politics, but also just the culture of the country went way left. And as I've discussed in previous episodes, an example of this is female athletics. Female athletics, if you haven't been paying attention, is literally, not, hi- not, not, hyper- not hyperbole, but literally under an existential threat by transgender female athletes. Another hard, fast move to the left. Black Lives Matter organization wants to get rid of the nuclear family. Progressive politicians want to remake the branches of government such as the Supreme Court and the Senate and our election laws. And we've seen countless stories of liberal mayors and district attorneys that support defunding law enforcement or defund the police and no cash bail laws, bail reform. And democrat governors that lead have led the way regarding lockdowns and illegal mandates to restrict our freedom. Now the female athletics I touched on this in an earlier episode, but more recently, it's the University of Pennsylvania or UPenn. A swimmer who was on, I believe was on the male team, went through, you know, the gender, the gender change, moved to the women's team and is winning competitions by 15 seconds, thirty eight second. That is unheard of in the sport of swimming. Usually you have maybe a second, two seconds. You you know you get like an all timer, a, a great a great swimmer, someone who's going to be like a future Olympian, and you might get a handful of seconds as far as time difference, but nowhere near fifteen seconds to thirty seconds. No way. And this like continues to be more and more of a trend. And the reports are that there are the teammates of this of this athlete at University of Pennsylvania women's swimming team they are so fearful of the so fearful of i don't clapback isn't the right term but the the fallout the consequences of them speaking up with their real names that they're using fake names and going through multiple outlets to to convey what it is or to to communicate and talk about how they're actually feeling and their beliefs regarding the situation and for some reason there is just there seems to be a lot of Not a lot of pushback on this, especially from the media. I think I saw a poll, I remember seeing a poll where, you know, overall Americans are not behind this. As a population, greater population, like transgender athletes competing, especially um men who become transgender women and then competing in women's athletics, like that is that's not supported by the majority. But it continues to advance and no one or the not the right people at least, are not speaking up against it to put it to a halt. Then 2021 as a continuation from 2020 with Black Lives Matter. Now there's Black Lives Matter and BLM. So I'm talking about BLM, the organization. Have you read their, have you ever ventured like to their website and actually read what they're about? Well, one of the things they're against is the nuclear family. And I did an episode on the nuclear family way early on. It wasn't I don't really say it was my it was my best I was still just getting started but go back and check it out. But the nuclear family so we're talking about husband, wife, children living in the same house one household. BLM wants to get rid of that. And what benefit is that going to do? We hear stories and studies and stats about how much of an impact not having a father in black households, African American households and what kind of detriment that does to the children especially a black male growing up in that household without a father. But yet Black Lives Matter supports the lack of a nuclear family. They want to break that up. We also in 2021 have experienced progressive politicians that want to remake the branches of government. If you're watching um, some of the news this past week, let's say conservative media, the, the the right side of the aisle. So whether that's whether that's Newsmax or Fox News or wherever, maybe it's a podcast like yours truly. You may have heard AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, talking about how the Senate is anti-democratic. And because of this, the Senate needs to be restructured. She is not a fan, and she's like the leader of the progressive left in the Democrat Party. She is not a fan of how the Senate, what it represents, how every state gets two senators. So you have 100 senators for the 50 states. Because she believes that a tiny state like Rhode Island should not have the voice at the same level as a state as big as New York or as Florida or Texas or California or maybe Illinois. But what seems to never get brought up in response to her is say, "Uh, have you not heard of the House of Representatives that you currently reside in? So again, this is one of the examples of where if a system does not favor the progressive left, they want to redo it. Same with the Supreme Court. We heard about this in 2020 and we've heard about it in 2021. Thank God no action has happened in this way. But talking about packing the court, packing the court so that there is fairness, right? That's the that's the uh, the line that you've heard from the progressive left is, oh, well, it's 6-3 right now and it's 6-3. You know, Republican appointed judges versus Democrat appointed judges. And, you know, that's just not fair. So we just want to expand the court to make it even, right? We just want to expand it, you know, and make it to 11 or maybe to 13. Like, there's no harm in that. We just want to expand it, greater diversity in thought, you know, because we don't like the way it is right now. So whenever they can't play by the rules, they want to change the system instead of playing by the rules. We have also experienced in 2021 that our liberal mayors and district attorneys that supported or currently support defunding law enforcement, defunding the police and no cash bail laws. How's that going for them? You may have seen a quick turn like this past week in San Francisco where that mayor who knows if she's actually being truthful or not and believes this or she's just putting it on for politics because she sees like an opening there and how it can benefit her. We'll find out in time. But you notice she's like, man, we got to clean this up. San Francisco is out of control. My city is out of control. We have to clean this up. Now we need the police. And you've seen this in other places. The shock of, oh, man, crime stats are up or especially crime stats involving murder is up in a lot of liberal cities across the country. Led by Democrat politicians and DAs and mayors and everything. And then you have police chiefs in these same cities saying like hey like what do we, what do you want us to do like we can't stand for this and you're not enabling us to do our job to protect our citizens. And the citizens are starting to fin- finally stand up for themselves and take notice and say hey you're not protecting us and that's your that is your job that's your number one responsibility. Like stop being foolish with this lack of funding or diverting resources elsewhere and let's get some law and order back in these streets like People who may have supported these politicians, they're seeing quickly that, or finally waking up, to the fact that they don't they don't agree with them on this. I mean, it's taken a year, a year and a half, I guess, going back to, to June of 2020, when the calls like this first began. But finally they're waking up, but that's another example of a hard progressive move to the left. And then the no-cash bail or the bail reform laws hear stories all the time where someone can get arrested, especially right now in California. I have a a friend out there. Uh, Her name is Christy. She says that right now in California, you can basically shop. You can shoplift $950 worth of goods, stay under that $1,000 threshold, and not have charges pressed against you. Now, I remember... As of a couple of years ago and I think it's still the case now like in Florida if you steal anything over I think it's $250 maybe it's 500 it's considered a felony. It's a felony over here in the you know the free state of Florida where we actually also believe in law and order. But in California you can go shoplift $950 and nothing's going to be no charges will be brought to you. And then just before recording this episode I saw that State Democrat Senator in Illinois was carjacked and shots were fired. I saw a headline that a U.S. representative based in, I believe, the Philadelphia area was carjacked. Thankfully, those suspects have been apprehended at the time of this recording. But now the crime is coming to the doorstep, so to speak, of these same politicians that supported bail reform or defunding the police. And it's terrible that it had to come to this way, but... A hard progressive move to the left and it's blown up in their faces, which I'm going to get into here in just a few minutes regarding the main thing that's one of the primary flaws of progressivism, at least how it's applied by the progressives today. Last but not least, in 2021, we witnessed the continuation of Democrat governors leading the way regarding lockdowns, leading in a negative sense, leading the way regarding lockdowns and illegal mandates to restrict our freedom. They got a taste of power and they can't let it go. Regardless that the policies put in place, the restrictions put in place don't aren't based on truthful science. They're not following logic. They're not following reason. But they'll continue to lock down. Mask up. We've seen mask, especially cloth masks, the little triple layer surgeon ones, minimal impact in preventing the spread of COVID. We've seen with breakout cases and happening more and more frequently that as great as the vaccines were and as necessary as they were and are for those who are vulnerable they're not standing up against all these different variants they're just not and to lock someone down whenever it's vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals spreading the virus now is ridiculous and people are finally starting to result, revolt we saw you know in california the attempt to recall gavin newsom there are recall votes for mayors in other liberal cities that are happening right now. Finally, the people are waking up and standing up for themselves and fighting for their own freedom and for their own lives because they can't trust these politicians to do it like they once thought they could. Regarding progressivism, to me, there is a fundamental flaw in how it's applied. How it's applied by the, the political party or the politicians who consider themselves progressives. And this also shows up in culture, too, as you'll see here in a second. But to me, there is a fundamental problem with the progressive politics and culture. See, to me, when it comes to being progressive, I think of progress as in meaning an improvement. But progressive culture and progressive politicians see progress as moving forward. And therein lies the issue. That is the problem. Progress should be making something better. But making something better does not always mean that you have to move farther down the road to make something better. You can stay right where you are and improve something, right? You don't need to recreate the wheel or continue to push farther down the road when eventually you're going to run out of road and you're going to go off the cliff. The belief, as I just said, is to progress you need to do something new. But eventually, you will progress too far. The progressives want to continue to go forward, but they don't want to continue to improve. So, like, I could be sitting here creating something, right, in the garage of my house. And let's say I took something of old and wanted to improve it, like a wheel or something like that. You notice the evolution of a wheel or a tire has improved, but not necessarily moved down the road. I mean, last time I checked a tire has been round for th- has been round, not a round has been round as in a shape for thousands of years. yeah, new materials have been used, new sizes, new but no new shapes. It's been round, different widths, different diameters. But no new shape. Maybe a little rounded on the corners, you know. Little improvements here and there going over thousands and thousands and thousands of years and the needs and the necessities for the use of each individual wheel or tire. But you don't see tires all of a sudden being shaped like a triangle or a square. That would be progressives. They want to remake everything instead of just tinkering and fine tuning something. We heard a lot in 2021 about root causes, especially when it came to the southern border. Well, let's find the root cause of a lot of these issues that the progressives stand for and actually improve whatever it is that they stand for. Actually find out the cause of these issues and try to improve it instead of trying to just get farther down the road and see who can get to the finish line first. When the finish line is ultimately, as we've seen, like with Defund the Police, is going to result in falling off of the cliff. An example of this, a real-world example, better than the tire example I just gave. I'll admit, the tire one just came off the top of my head, but this one, this one I've actually given thought to. So an example to me would be Title IX. So Title IX, when it comes to female athletics, it resulted in the equal treatment of female athletics in schools. However, today, you know, decades later, after Title IX became a thing, Progressive supporters aren't satisfied with just equal treatment. What these individuals want to do when it comes to transgender female athletes is instead of progressing to improve access to athletics for transgender female athletes, such as creating their own league to participate in, no, no. They want progress to mean that these transgender female athletes, which again, men, changing genders and becoming women. They think that the, pro- the right kind of progress should be allowing them to participate in female sports against biological women. And we're starting to see pushback more and more against this and more and more states creating laws that says like, no, this is not going to happen because it's eventually going to result in the end of female athletics. And what I want to know is where are the true feminists in this movement? Where are the women who fought so hard to be seen as individuals and to be seen as equal to men, where are they? Why are they not standing up for these female athletes who are like, hey, we just put all these blood, sweat, and tears literally for decades of my life, 15 years of my life, 10 years of my life, and now all of a sudden some man who considers himself a woman is going to come over here and just dominate the sport because they are designed anatomically to be bigger, faster, and stronger than I am? Where are the cries from the feminists to, to defend these biological women? Is it because they'll be, quote, eating their own, going against the progress that was fought for? Like, this is going too far down the track. This is my example, one of my examples. The progress of the female movement when it came to athletics Has gone so far that now the progress is threatening to end the progress that was initially fought for and achieved. It's like making a U turn. Keep going, going, and going. Oh crap, we can't go any farther. We shouldn't go any farther, but we are. So now we're just going to undo everything that we once fought for. And another example is. Bail reform. Bail reform, right, has a nice name to it. Sounds great. Really sounds great. You know, everybody can get on board with bail reform, but that's just a name. What's the actual definition? What's actually taking place, right, with with bail reform? What does reform mean? What What are we reforming and how are we doing it? Well, it seems like ultimately what it's come out to mean is that they're just trying to find a way for less and less people to... Be tried, convicted, and sent to jail. So, you've heard no cash bail laws, and we're hearing stories like I just gave an example a little bit ago earlier in this episode about in California where you can steal like about $950 worth of goods and not even be charged. And how that's a felony in most places, and felonies are serious crimes. But the reason for this is because they don't want, quote, small, petty crime, petty theft to be penalized and resulting in months, years, whatever in jail. The goal is to get have less people in jail, but the tactics and the methods of doing that is completely backwards. Again, the progress is just seeing who can go farther down the road instead of actually staying where you are and improving the current state. So I believe what should have happened, like when it comes to bail reform, is instead of looking to see, okay, how can we, quote, reform the the individuals. That's what the focus needs to be. It needs to be on where's the root cause of why we are seeing so many people within X demographic ending up in jail. Not, oh, our jails are too full and we need to act, so let's, let's change some of the rules, some of the laws, some of the policies and the procedures to get people out of jail or to keep people from going into jail when they do commit crimes. They need to be looking at how to actually set up these people in their lives as they're growing up, their upbringing, so that they're not making the wrong choices to go to jail. Again, progressives. They're just trying to get down the road instead of actually improving. And it's coming to backfire more and more. All right, so let's move on to 2022. I think we've had enough time to reflect on 2021. I know I didn't expect to still be going through COVID related things throughout all of 2021, just listening to other people talk in the news and looking at the timeline, we're literally two and a half months away at the time of this recording from being two full years into COVID. Two years. That just blows my mind that we are still dealing with this two years later. Anyway, 2022, let's end this on a positive note, right? This is the main reason this episode (laughs) was even created. So let's, let's get into the topic, right? All right, so enough about 2021. Let's move into 2022. Let's talk about 2022 and what I think that the New Year resolutions for 2022 should be for America. Not for conservatives, not for the Republican Party, but for America. Now, these resolutions focus on conservatives and the Republican Party, but the goal is to bring in all of America to do these things, right? We want to change the minds and the hearts. Of the individuals of our country to move this country forward based on conservative and Christian values. So let's dive into these 2022 resolutions and end this episode on a high note, wanting to charge into 2022 ready to save this country. First, Republicans have to take back the House and the Senate. I mean, that has to happen. Republicans have to take back the House and the Senate. Biden has completed his first year as of Uh, This coming January of his presidency, he has three years to go. I don't think he'll be there all three, but three years to go in his first term, only term. But he could become a lame duck officially if we, the Republican Party, independents, if we can get on the same page and vote more Republicans into the House, into the Senate, to have the majority. That has to happen. So that's why I put that one at number one. Also, part of the election process, as Jess and I spoke about in this past episode, episode twenty-eight, Republicans have to be dedicated to the mission of the party. Democrats do this sometimes to a fault. I mean, they might disagree on something, but when it comes time to get something passed, they are lockstep. They might say a couple of things here and there against one another, like on on cable news or something like that. But when it comes time to vote, they are in lock step probably 99% of the time. And and 99 of those 100 times aren't even always good reasons to be in lockstep, but but they are. So that is one thing that Republicans need to do. You Need to be in lockstep to get back the house and the Senate and then once getting back the house and the Senate when it comes to key legislation, you need to be in lockstep. Another resolution for 2022 is that we as American citizens, we need to continue and grow the resistance against unlawful, illogical, unscientific COVID restrictions and do this more and more until the restrictions are no more. You're starting to see uprisings more, not even just in America, but also in other countries like Germany, England, Australia. People are having enough. Like a lot of people went along to get along for the past almost two years. But I would say going back at least the last six months, maybe maybe 12 months in certain parts of this country, people are saying just like enough is enough you know, take back your freedom, continue to resist unlawful, illogical and unscientific COVID restrictions. Do this more and more. You might be scared to do it yourself, but trust me, there are people out there who are not scared, who are fighting for you and are trying to give you an avenue in their fight for you to fight, for you to fight, for you to to step up, step out and get rid of these restrictions. The only way these restrictions are going to end is one, if they're actually deemed unlawful, which we know courts and everything can take forever. So I don't think we want to go that route, right? We want to go more of like the civil disobedience route to show that you're not going to take this from the elected leaders and that you're ready to move forward and treat COVID as a seasonal virus or virus that has different shots, different treatment options and restore your life back to the way it was in 2019. And the only way that's going to happen is by standing up to these politicians and voting them out when you can. Or recalling them—that's I guess another form of voting them out—but standing up and say, "Hey, like we're not—we're not going along with this anymore. We're not doing this anymore." And politicians, either you're going, either you're going to agree and remove these restrictions, or there's going to be consequences. You're no longer going to be here, as far as your political career. You may have remembered in history that those who are remembered are the ones who did the hard thing, who were led by their convictions. So continue to be led by your convictions. That's actually another one of my resolutions. Live by your convictions. There are others like you. So please live by your convictions and you will find others who think like you, who believe like you. There are thousands, there are millions of us that do that. So don't be shy. Don't be, don't be a secret. We want you on the team. And we're trying to give you a way, a platform, methods for you to speak up and be heard and be known. But please, live, live by your convictions. Do not, do not go into hiding. Pursue what it is that you are passionate about. When it comes to freedom within this country and getting outside of, outside of COVID and all these restrictions, live by your conviction. Not everyone's actions are going to be the same, but there are millions of us who have the same beliefs. And we are here to stand with you because we, at one point, were just like you. I also believe we have to reinstate law and order. There are plenty of states within our country who have law and order, but we need all 50 states to have law and order. And it's encouraging to see that the politicians who once supported the defunding the police or law enforcement or um, reallocating resources as a form of defunding the police are waking up to the fact that this has had a detrimental effect on their their communities, but it's taken them a year and a half to get there. I mean, it would makes perfect sense to me that if if you reduce the resources for law enforcement, then more crime is going to occur. Right? Or if you reduce the penalties of committing a crime, then more crime is going to occur. So we need to demand that law and order is reinstated in all 50 states. And then on personal levels, culturally within this country, We need more people to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Or if Jesus Christ is already their Lord and Savior, we need you to renew your relationship with him. Talking about root cause earlier in this episode, and we've talked about root cause in the news and all throughout this year. But one of the things that you don't hear a lot about, especially like on the legacy mainstream media, is the root cause for a lot of the problems that we're having is because so many people in this country that are also leading this country do not know jesus christ as their lord and savior or if they do they are not living as if they do what do i mean i mean they've sold out for the power that their position gives them and they're not living up to their own convictions they're living up to whatever continues to keep them in power if more and more people came to know jesus christ as their lord and savior not only would our country be a better place but the entire world would be a better place. So those of us who are Christians need to go out and make disciples, need to, by our actions and by our words and by our faith, go and make disciples. Be an example. Be a reflection of Christ, right? Be the hands and feet of God. And finally, we need to walk by faith, not fear, in order to experience freedom. We did an episode, episode 23. I had Jess on as a guest for that episode, Jessica Dalton. That was one of my favorite episodes. That episode was my first one that really got into bringing Christianity into an episode. And the discussion was about living by faith, not fear. And in that you will have faith-filled freedom. So please, live by God's word. Rest in it. God promises us so many things in within his word that if we would just trust in him, and live by faith, the fears that we've had over 2021, maybe dating back all the way to 2020, and potentially looking forward to 2022, we could overcome those fears with the faith. And that way we would experience mental, physical, spiritual freedom. You could be physically locked down, but spiritually, you would have freedom. You would have faith-filled freedom. We need Jesus Christ back in our culture, and if we do or when we do, I believe our country will be a vast improvement from where it is today. We are moving farther and farther, and I say we as a country, as a society, farther and farther away from God, and you can see that reflected day in and day out. And as I was talking about the leaders from a political standpoint all throughout this episode and the examples they've given us, we need to be calling on our own leaders within the church to be the right examples for us in the congregation to be following. So that's what I think we need to accomplish here in 2022. We need to take back the House and the Senate. We need to be a party, a political party dedicated to the mission of our party. We need to continue to resist unlawful, illogical, and unscientific COVID restrictions. We need to reinstate law and order. We need to reinstate safety in our country. We need more people to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And for those that do, we need more to renew the relationship with him. We need to walk by faith, not fear, in order to experience true freedom. And then we also need to live by our convictions. One of the ways in which you stand up and rise up is to live by your convictions. It's okay to be scared, but also be bold. There are many of us out here who once felt just like you, who want to know that you are there and that we will support you in living by your convictions in order to save this country. So with all that said, Merry Christmas. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and engage with us on Instagram at counter underscore thought, on Twitter at counter underscore podcast, on the Counterthought podcast page on Facebook and on our website. Thank you for listening to Counterthought.